What's up and welcome back to episode four of the Fantasy Football Fanatics podcast. My name is Fitzy and joined down the line is a very bright Matt Grace. How are you going, man? Yeah, I'm going well, Fitzy. I'm uh, all decked out now. got the, uh, the I guess, stream uh, light up now, so I don't have any of that, I guess, old school house lighting. So makes me uh, brings out all my, uh, I guess, dimples and pimples and... What else is on my face? So all the facial hair, but that's all right. I'm sure people right. love it. You're beautiful as you are, Gracie. And of course, rocking that brand new uh, Patriots shirt as well, man. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It only uh, took about six weeks to get here. So I got myself some some nice shorts. They're nice basketball shorts, actually. You probably wear them to basketball training even. But uh, And then a nice couple of glasses to uh, enjoy a beverage while watching the NFL. Wouldn't have it any other way, that's for sure. But uh, let's get into some NFL action, Gracie. It was week four, a huge week. Now everything's sort of starting to settle in as the season unfolds. But there's only one 4-0 team left in the NFL. I know you're big on these guys. It's the Arizona Cardinals, whose offense is absolutely flying at the moment. Oh, it's just unreal, isn't it? Like we saw when Kyler Murray first come into the league, how good he was and there's a lot of promise there and he's just, you know, improving each year. So it's good to see. And, you know, they've obviously added some uh, some depth there at wide receiver. Obviously, you know, they brought Hopkins across and then all of a sudden um, AJ Green's there, Fitzy. And, you know, Hopkins yeah. didn't play many uh, – didn't get many targets last week. But AJ Green stood up and, you know, he was there again this week, which we'll discuss a little bit later. So, yeah, they're definitely uh, the dark horse at the moment. They're, they're a team that's sort of – doing it on both ends. Obviously, week one, their defense um, did all the work for them. And, um, you know, their run game's okay. The the passing options are unreal. So, you know, if you're a Cardinals fan, you'd be uh, very, very excited for what's to lie ahead. But we know it's a long, long NFL season. There's an extra week this year. So still 14 weeks to go. So we'll just yep. won't get too ahead of ourselves, but definitely on board the Kyler Murray train yep. at the moment. They're just exciting to watch all around. All those receiving targets have got a good backfield. Like everything's just lined up. And as you mentioned, the defense adding JJ Watt. They've got some experienced heads in that defense and they're just getting it done both ends of the field, which is great to watch. But I've got to bring up one thing. And right now in the NFL, it's sort of that time where the injuries start to hit, especially in fantasy. Just going to roll through some names here, Gracie. Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, who did avoid an ACL, Logan Thomas, Jimmy G, Amari Cooper is all sorts of banged up. Of course, AJ Brown and Julio were out on the weekend and Gronk as well. Well, he's uh, he's hit the walls, and uh, it's a very challenging time for fantasy owners. Oh yeah, especially if you've picked these guys with your first or even second pick. They're um, you know, they're your they're your guys that you go to each week. So um, it's always a thing though in fantasy, and it's any sport you you play, even if it's our AFL here at home, or you know we're doing NBA. You've, you've got to be mindful of those players that quite often do have injury concerns, and you know the guys you've read out there have all had injury issues in the past, um, as far as I'm aware. So um, it's, I guess, you know, playing hectic uh, for a lot of owners at the moment. Yeah, it's frustrating. Christian McCaffrey's another one in there. Delvin Cook missed last week. Like all guys, as you mentioned, injury history really sort of plays into your picks. And uh, maybe you look at a guy like, you know, Derek Henry was probably the consensus number one pick in hindsight. We'll see how that plays out. Still plenty of rounds to go. And the guy I'm going to talk about shortly as a, as a potential top five running back as well in our studs list. But let's keep moving through here. One stat I want to throw out there, Gracie. Sam Darnold is the first player in NFL history, get this, to have five rushing and five passing touchdowns through the first four games of a season. I have no idea where this has come from, but Darnold and the Panthers are playing some great football at the moment. Yeah, it's, un- it's unreal, isn't it? He's, he's just 
got the confidence flowing, um, even with McCaffrey out. Obviously, he's getting a bit more of the, the running game as well. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Chubba Hubbard was uh, the guy that we jumped on or told everyone to pick up last week for McCaffrey. But, uh, yeah, he, he was he was okay, um, Hubbard. Um, but, yeah, it looks like Darnold might be the uh, the second in line for, for running yeah. touches behind McCaffrey. I love it. Like, and, and I mean, we, of course, we're talking in a fantasy perspective because they did go down to the Cowboys over the weekend. But a little bit of talk around there that uh, him and DJ Moore could be the Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs of this year because, of course, they found that connection last year seemingly out of nowhere. And, of course, Josh Allen got it done on the ground, which is what Darnold is doing this year as well. And probably one to keep out on your waiver wire. Definitely as we get closer to the buys now, maybe a nice uh, handy fill-in there. But as the season progresses, he could definitely push to be a top-10 quarterback or are we getting a bit excited just yet? Uh, Probably, yeah, maybe just a little excited at the moment. We'll just wait and see. Yeah, I'm just throwing that one out there. We know we like the big calls. But before we move on to a topic you want to talk about, of course, the Patriots and the return home of Tom Brady, do we have any advice for our friends out there who are sitting 0-4 and at the moment because it's sort of that part of the season where you either start to make some big moves or maybe start looking towards next year? Um, Yeah, look, I think you've got to really nail some some good free agency picks at the moment. Um, You know, we'll talk about them a a little bit later. But even... You know, looking to trade some guys that could be injured. If you got someone like an AJ Brown on your on your bench, like I'd be, you know, he's still got some value there. You, we know what he can do, and I think once he's back fully fit, I think we'll find that um, even though everything goes through Henry, still, I still think um, AJ Brown warrants enough targets to uh, to to be a fantasy wide receiver too for me. So um, I'd be looking to trade some of these guys to get some picks or get some value back in, so you can start winning some games straight away. Yeah. Would you look to trade even like your first round pick? Like, let's say you went like a Delvin Cook, which I did in a few leagues. Would you look to maybe offload him for, say, like a high RB2 and maybe a bit of depth? Assuming that a lot of teams that are zero and four have probably picked the guys like Alan Robinson, like I've done in a few leagues, Robert Woods, you know, these sorts of guys, especially the wide receivers seem to be struggling. Is that a good move, do you think? Maybe trading your first round pick and, and get a bit of depth and, and try and cover a few positions that are struggling? Yeah, I think if you've got someone that's that's outside of like your Henrys and your Camaras, um, and obviously probably your McCaffreys, um, then I'd be I'd be looking every bit to to trade them. Obviously, you know, we'll talk about uh, uh Montgomery a little bit later, but um, yeah, there's there's some guys that you could trade. I, I think, um, you know, even a Saquon, um, uh, which we'll discuss yeah. as well, he could be one that you could look to, you know, turn one up to one a pretty good RB into two, you know. Um, guys that you can use for most of the season. So, um, you know, we, we've always said it in, in fantasy drafts that, you know, get your RBs because they're the ones that, you know, get a lot of the touches, obviously the carries, yep. and they also play the part in the passing game. And it seems to be that the wide receivers have taken a, a monster hit probably this year more than anything um, with injuries and and just down on form. Like you said, Alan Robinson's another one, which we'll discuss. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely not a bad idea. Yeah, I think so. And and running backs carry the most trade value in a lot of ways, don't they? And uh, can sometimes be the easiest to replace as well. So we'll talk about some pickups later on. But let's get into the studs and duds of the week, Racing, Starting with the quarterbacks, a guy that we were both very high on was Jalen Hurts, who fortunately the Philadelphia Eagles went down to Kansas City. But he tell you what, he showed he can match it with the big guys. He finished up with 387 passing yards, two touchdowns, and a few rushes in there as well. But I just want to know, what's his ceiling, Gracie? Like in standard scoring, he scored over 20 points every week like i mean we've already talked him up as like a top five quarterback potentially we knew this breakout was coming but like what's his ceiling really realistically 
I think he could be um, similar to what I guess Mahomes did probably in that second season. Um, maybe not as high, but I still think he's got that. He's got the running capability that might be slightly better than what Mahomes had. Um, and then his passing game, he's he released the ball so quick against Kansas City. They just didn't have a chance to rush him and and um, and put pressure on him. So he was, yeah, The watching that game was unreal offensive game. Defense was nowhere to be seen. But, um, yeah. you know, he finally connected up with Devonta Smith on quite a few occasions as well. And, um, you know, that, that running game, obviously he's got some impacts for uh, their running back situation as well, but um, their wide receiver core of, of Devonta Smith and, and Regor are, are very exciting to watch. And, you know, Devonta yeah. Smith's going to be, oh, I'm going to call it Fitzy. I reckon he could be the next DeAndre Hopkins in my opinion. He's yeah, wow. just unreal running his, the routes he ran, just his athletic ability. And he's so quick. He's, not as quick as like a Tyreek Hill, but he just covers the ground so well and just just read the the plays so well for a, a guy in his first year that um might be putting the uh the moz on him because he's in my fantasy team, but I haven't actually started him yet because I'm obviously you know your first year players are, can be quite hot and cold, but uh we'll just wait and see on that one. But yeah, um, well, no, they're they're building a very nice uh, chemistry between each other. Yeah, I love seeing what the Eagles are doing. They've only won the one game so far, but to match it with the Chiefs, and to be fair, the Chiefs are out looking for revenge as well. It was a tough matchup for week four, but the way they've kind of restructured that offense in particular since the Super Bowl, uh, they let Wentz go. They've sort of brought Hurts in. They've backed him in to be the starter. And he's been, he was fantastic when he started last season at the end of the second half of the year, whenever it was that he was starting. But the way they've brought these young players in, they're just, I just, they're just an exciting team to watch. And look, it might not be this year for them to really make a, a deep run in the playoffs, but the Eagles are one to keep an eye on, I feel, for the next couple of seasons. But let's talk about a few more quarterbacks as we roll through, Gracie. Dak Prescott was another one. He led the Cowboys in that win over Carolina. He had a, a small uh, small game in terms of yards thrown, only the 188, but four touchdowns. Incredibly efficient through the air. And another another good game for Dak off uh, last week being another big one. Oh, yeah. Dak and the, and the Cowboys are, are right back on it, aren't they? And, you know, obviously had the big home uh, game back from his injury the other week as well. So it's all, all flowing together nicely for the, the Cowboys and they notched another win on the board. And, you know, that I think if McCaffrey played that game, that would be an unreal game to, to watch yeah. and, you know, high offense, no defense again. Um, but, you know, majority of games um, this year or this round or week were, were like that. So um, no, definitely if you're a Cowboys fan, you, you're very excited to uh, see how well Dak's doing because it obviously – you know, helps out their wide receivers as well um, for fantasy owners. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it was a bit up and down for the wide receivers, but Dalton Schultz has really made an impact at tight end as well. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But Patrick Mahomes, Gracie, we just mentioned him before. He was out for revenge. He threw five TDs, if you don't mind, in that huge game against Philadelphia. Tyreek Hill was enormous. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But I think the Chiefs really needed something. And and we knew they were sort of capable of this sort of a win, but this really sets them up for a, uh, for a big rest of the season from this point, you'd reckon. Oh, absolutely. And I think before the game on the weekend, they're actually last in their division for the first mm. time since 2015. So, um, you know, they've had a slow start to the year. We know what they're capable of. They're still favorites to win the Super Bowl, funnily enough. And obviously, you know, adding Josh Gordon in, which we'll discuss a little bit later as well, uh, that their offensive power is unreal. I think their defense is going to be the only thing that lets them down. And, you know, we saw Hurts and the Eagles get a hold of them for 30 points on the weekend. So that's concerning considering the Eagles are still a young offensive team yeah. themselves and their offensive line was decimated with injuries. So, um, you know, I think the only uh, 
Kelsey was the only starter in that defense that's played since week one. So um, in that offense, sorry, offensive line mm. since week one. So yeah, the uh, the Chiefs defense is probably the only thing that's going to hold, I think, Mahomes back from from another Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a very, very fair assessment, actually. But if there's one team that can get their offense can get it done, it's definitely the Chiefs. They can score 60 points in one night, which is ridiculous. But I've got to give a bit of love to these next couple of guys, Gracie. Matt Ryan being one who we've written off the uh, the Falcons a, a couple of times, actually. Their offenses looked fairly putrid. But if, uh, I guess we'll count this as a bounce-back game for Matty Ryan. Uh, 283 yards and four touchdowns. Now, three of those went to Cordero Patterson, which... I don't know what to say about that, but I think it's a big back uh, bounce back game for the the Falcons. And of course, we've still got we've still got a bit of uh, potential in that offense with Kyle Pitts yet to really take off. It's uh, and Calvin Ridley, of course, has been steady without being supreme. But there's still some room for the Falcons to improve. I feel. Oh yeah, I think um, once they get a bit more comfortable with each other, I know they've had the preseason, but as you said, you know, Pitts hasn't really got going yet. He's uh, he's you know got some good target share and, and got some good yardage yardage on his catches but um and you, know, you got Ridley there as well but um as you said you know Patterson's we'll, we'll discuss shortly but uh yeah I think um onwards and upwards for the for the Falcons yeah got to get behind the Falcons there it's a uh, a team that we all have a soft spot for but Sam Darnell is the other one I just wanted to quickly mention we already spoke about him off the top of the show but he had two passing touchdowns over 300 yards and a couple of rushing touch touchdowns as well add Christian McCaffrey into that team Grace and I'll get just one quick thought from you on this one they really could push in the second half of the season if McCaffrey's fit yeah I think the whole success of of that team depends on McCaffrey's fitness so we know their defense their first two weeks their defense was unreal and obviously you know McCaffrey's offense helps as well but um you know obviously went down on the on the weekend to Dallas but uh we know how strong Dallas are offensively um themselves so yeah I think as you said insert McCaffrey back in I you know can't see why they they couldn't um, make a run for it in the um towards yeah. the end of the year yeah, team to watch out for sure. But let's go through a few duds of the week. And we're being a bit stiff on a couple of these guys. But Justin Fields is one. He had his uh, second start of the season, only through for 209 yards, one interception. He's killing Allen Robinson's fantasy value. It really bothers me. They did get the win against the lowly Detroit. But I feel as though the injury to David Montgomery could potentially make things worse for Fields and definitely for Allen Robinson owners. If they're not going to get anything done on the ground, they're just going to stack on the uh, on the wide receivers and maybe make it hard for fantasy owners. Yeah, it's it's very hard. Obviously, you know, he is a rookie. We we got to uh, take that. I don't think too many of the rookies, probably apart from Mac Jones, has been relatively consistent so far. So, um, yeah, they've all had their ups and downs, and Fields is just probably feeling it a little bit more than than the others at the moment. But um, yeah, I, I don't. You're obviously not starting Fields, and I'm the same as you, Fitzy. I've got Robinson in our league, and I benched him this week. Um, mm. Look, he still had 63 yards, but you know when I've got someone like a Deontay Johnson on the bench who is getting the target share, he is um, at the Steelers. You know, it's sort of a no-brainer to to bench uh, Allen Robinson at the moment. Yeah. Unfortunately, hopefully Andy Dalton's back um, next week, and that might help uh, improve Allen Robinson's um, targets yeah. and and output. I hope so because Alan Robinson is like literally a top five wide receiver on talent. It's just his situation. I feel like imagine if he was playing with the Chiefs or Green Bay or high intensity offense, he could be one of the greatest wide receivers ever. He had that huge year back years ago in Jacksonville. He's never really quite lived up to it. He's been consistent without being superb. But let's get working through the names here. The next one that we pick on, picked on the last few weeks anyways, Big Ben Roethlisberger. They had that big loss or that loss to Green Bay, but 
He's looking all sorts of bad, Gracie. Not so bad for fantasy owners of Deontay Johnson being yourself. He had 13 targets, but Big Ben, he had one interception. He had one fumble as well. It's very uncharacteristic. But um, I'll tell you what, they're just hanging on there, the Steelers. I just, I don't know what the answer is for them, but uh, having Juju and Deontay healthy definitely helps. Uh, what do you take on this one? Yeah, I think what's saving them at the moment, you got, you know, Najee Harris is inserted in there and he's really turned into the Christian McCaffrey of that team on the, the rushing and the and even the passing game. But, you know, I think Ben Big Ben's playing through that injury again. You know, we saw it two seasons ago where he played through injury and they really struggled. He struggled himself. Still put out, you know, the, the receiving corps still put out okay numbers. Um, not superb, but, and then last year he was obviously injury free and, Um, We saw what they did last year, but hopefully he can get himself right because, you know, if myself as a Deontay Johnson owner, you know, that target share at the moment is 13. Imagine when he's fit and actually hitting those passes, like could be, uh, could be anything for Deontay Johnson, even Juju Smith. And um, if you got Najee Harris as well, so um, hopefully he can get himself right because, you know, he's, he's such a good quarterback and, you know, the Steelers, who knows how much longer they've got at a chance at a, a Super Bowl while he's there. So um, we're just hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, it's good news. He's still slinging the ball downfield to Johnson, but it's, I think Big Ben's success probably is, um, you know, medicated on um, Deontay Johnson being healthy as well. So it's sort of a, it's a tricky combination, but uh, yeah, hopefully Big Ben can get through a few more games and uh, and help with Deontay Johnson out. But one guy I did mention off the top of the game, Gracie, was the big return home. You know, you want to talk about this one, Tom Brady. They got the win against New England, but he didn't throw a touchdown for the whole game. Tell us a bit more about this one. Yeah, it was obviously the big return home, Fitzy, uh, to Gillette Stadium for the first time. He obviously um, hasn't been back since leaving the Patriots. So um, it was, you know, well documented over the, the weekend. And I was up uh, nice and early. Uh, unfortunately, I was recovering from the second COVID jab that uh, I didn't get much sleep. So I thought, oh, well, I'll just watch some NFL and saw the bit of the pregame uh, action and, uh, and I guess, discussion around this game and, yeah, it was, it was such a huge... They obviously have great respect for each other, Belichick and Brady. But uh, yeah. Belichick, even though they lost the game, they only lost it on a you know missed field kick, field goal at the end of the game. Uh, I think Belichick might have won that matchup just quietly. He threw, didn't throw the same defense or same defensive reads at once throughout the whole game. Like just watching how the Patriots defense set up each time Brady had the ball, he just didn't have it. And I think not having Gronk there... Um, was a massive loss as well because mm. Gronk, when they get to the end zone, he's that reliable guy. You can just throw it to him. He's going to catch it and no one's going to stop him So, because how big he is. So they definitely missed him. Um, Cameron Bright dropped quite a few catches as well. Uh, it was a bit wet um, and windy, so that could have um, contributed to that as well. But um, Patriots made life hard for, for Brady and the Buccaneers and, you know, they scraped away with a win just um, coming out of Gillette Stadium. So... Yeah, uh, but no, it was, a, it was the second most watched Sunday night football game ever. It was twenty eight and a half million people watched it um, across the world. So it was uh, it was definitely a, a must watch game, um, especially for Patriots or even Brady fans. Um, yeah. For the for I guess for us uh, Monday lunchtime, so it was good, good <laughs> yeah. prime time viewing. Absolutely, and I low-key rate that Patriots defense, and I think they're later on in our DST streamers of the week. But let's move through to the running backs and talk about some studs of the week. One guy we've mentioned already is Cordero Patterson, Gracie. I have no idea where this has come from. Maybe a ninth-year breakout for him, but he had a few carries there. Mike Davis still got involved, as he does, but five catches, 82 yards, and three touchdowns. 
I have no idea where this has come from, honestly. He's always been that guy that, you know, he's always been the returning, you know, guy from the, the kickoff or something. And, you know, he's obviously had quite a few big returns, but he's obviously getting the opportunity to run the ball as well as being the, in the um, passing game as well. So this is just unreal. It's um, if you've picked him up already, which I know in our league, someone picked him up a couple of weeks ago and that was a very smart move. And if I was you, I'm, I'm trading this guy to a team that is 0-4 to try mm. and get some, uh, get some, some value out of him right now because this is not going to last. I can guarantee it and not going to last. Not when you've got Kyle Pitts and Kelvin Ridley there, as you said mm. um, a little earlier. So, um, yeah, I, I just don't see him holding this up. If you've got him and you've played him the last couple of weeks, you're, you're laughing and you're probably sitting uh, up near the top in your fantasy. But this is one guy I think you've got to sell this week. Uh, all it's going to take is either an injury or uh, one one or two bad weeks, and he's back down the pecking order again, I think. So especially because yeah. we know Kyle Pitts especially will will get a fair, fair bit more of the target share. And once he gets a bit more familiar in that offense, I think we'll find he'll – He'll be the main guy along with Ridley. Yeah, well, full disclosure, I'm a Mike Davis owner in a few leagues and a big denier of Cordero Patterson, but he's a fascinating player even like in a few uh, in years gone by, he's been listed as a receiver and a running back in league. So he can sort of do it all. But it's sort of like the, the thing is that you'll put him on the, you know, in flex this week and he will come out and do nothing. Like I think that's the thing with Cordero Patterson. I reckon you're spot on. I think this is the week to sell him, especially if you're struggling for wins or you're zero and four. This is a week to get rid of him, try to get some value back. But one guy I kind of alluded to earlier, Grace, he's a very smoky sort of top five running back is Austin Eckler. He's been incredibly consistent all year, and this was a big performance by him. 15 carries, 117 yards, and a touchdown, plus three catches and a touchdown through the air. Look, we know he can do it on both ends. He can catch passes. He can run it on the ground. He's now got the opportunities, the clear-cut starting running back. If he stays healthy, I reckon he could push for a top five running back this year. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think he could quite easily do it. You know, watching a bit of the game today, he just tore the Raiders' uh, defense apart with his running, and quite often he was getting you know five, six, seven, ten yards per per carry majority mm. of the time. So uh, there wasn't too often where he, he got stopped for only a couple of yards. So um, yeah, it's he's got the potential there. It's just as we know, running backs. It's just a matter of staying healthy. Especially Eckler because he missed a few games last year and they've got a long sort of backup list of running backs just in case. But if he stays healthy, look out. And another guy, you mentioned him off the top of the show there, Saquon Barkley finally had, I'm calling it a breakout game. He had uh, 13 carries, 52 yards and a touchdown and he had a few catches as well, Gracie. But do you think it's more of a sell high with Saquon Barkley? Keeping in mind that owners of of Barkley would have been waiting for this performance for a few weeks, do you still feel like it's a chance to uh, maybe to flip him for a for a few pieces? Yeah, I, I think you still try and sell him sell him high at the moment. I think thirteen carries is going to be his max. I think until probably, I mean, it could be for the rest of the year. They're not going to come out any week and say, all right, Saquon's going to have twenty five touches. They're not going to do what Derrick Henry's been doing. No way. Um, yeah, I just. Uh, they're not going to risk their franchise player to go out and have 25, 30 touches and risk getting injured. Um, especially when they've, they've got some okay backups there that can contribute as well. So I think if you've, you know, especially off the back of his game against the saints, I, I think uh, definitely try and sell for a couple of decent running backs that could uh, improve the overall scoring of your, of your squad. So if you can turn, you know, 15 points into 2025, it's going to, go a long way to winning you quite a few more games. So um, yep. that's that's what I'd be doing. We'll get a wide receiver and a, and a running back 
if if you can, um, due to obviously you know, quite a few wide receiver injuries at the moment. Don't mind that. Depends on your situation as well and where you've got Saquon, but he could be a decent sell high because he does carry that name, really, doesn't he? He's a top top draft pick, so he's yeah. going to carry a bit of weight just on name alone. But another guy in a high draft pick as well, Gracie, Jonathan Taylor. He turned his season around just about 16 carries, 103 yards, and a touchdown. Now, I've only brought him in here because we put the moles on him last week after a couple of very quiet ones, but I noticed that Marlon Mack got a few carries this week, and we did mention in the pickups of uh, section last week, he might be one just to see if he does get traded, but I wonder if that's kind of fired Taylor up a little bit because I think Mac ended up with 10 or 11 carries but Taylor got it done on the ground in terms of stats. Yeah, I think I think everyone you've put the moz on is either gone bad the next week, Fitzy, or perform. So maybe you should only do it to players that are not in my team, I think, because <laughs> uh, you put the moz on Camara the other week, uh, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, no, it's uh, I think, yeah, t- well, we know Taylor's the clear number one and Mac obviously got some carries. I still expect Mac to be traded. To a team, mm. we know he can be an RB one, maybe, but definitely an RB two in in a in a team that that needs uh that needs someone, and you know someone even you know I was thinking today someone like the Patriots could use him. Uh, obviously, you know they had the injury to White, James White. Um, you know the Miami situation isn't great at the moment either, so there's quite a few options out there. So obviously, if Mac gets traded, that you know Jonathan Taylor's the man um, yep. for sure, but. Yeah, I think still think he's still the man anyway with Mac there. I think Mac's only yeah. there for some uh, just to, to chop out Taylor um, for a few yeah. snaps. Yeah, that's it. I think Naheem Hines had like a fumble in there as well. So it's always yeah, I don't think we'll see much of him. Uh, no, and I, I think the Indiana Colts um, backfield has always been fairly uh, fairly productive anyway. So whoever's in that number one spot is going to get you some good fantasy points. But the next guy we've got to talk about. David Montgomery, and that's a very interesting one, Gracie. He probably played his best game, possibly of his career, 23 carries, 106 yards, and a couple of touchdowns in that win against Detroit. He was just the man, but he went down with a knee injury and has been uh, confirmed that it wasn't an ACL, but who knows how long he could be out for. But a bit of concern there for Montgomery owners, especially after such a big performance. Absolutely. It's just a, a wait and see on that. It's good news so far that it isn't an ACL. We just hope that gets confirmed the case uh, once he's had, I guess, scans and and whatnot. So, um, you know, it could be a, a PCL, might be an okay situation, he might return later in the year. But, um, you know, if you're someone that's got Montgomery, you know, you could try sell him, get something for him, or obviously get try and get his backup. Hopefully you've got a high waiver wire spot because he's going to be very, very sought after <laughs> um, his backup, which we'll talk about a little later. So, but uh, very, very, very concerning if you're Montgomery fans and, um, hopefully you're not 0-4 with David Montgomery because that would <laughs> yeah, also suck. <laughs> you would be frustrated, especially, like I said, after such a great performance and really dominating for Chicago. They got it done on the ground. But uh, you watch this space. And Damian Williams is going to be a very popular waiver wire pickup. We did see what he did in Kansas City a few weeks ago. We won't get too much into it a few years ago, of course. Damian Williams on the Chiefs there. He was pretty handy. But one more guy I want to talk about before we move into the duds is Derek Henry. I only wanted to point him out because he had 33 carries, if you don't mind, 157 yards and a touchdown. Without Julio and AJ Brown, they tried to get it done on the ground, Gracie, but they lost to the Jets. The Jets finally won a game and, uh, you know, get that hoodoo off the back. Yeah, even even though my Patriots lost Fitzy to, to the Bucks, I had the utmost joy in our uh, American friend, uh, Matthew Sharp, working with us for t- the next two weeks. So I got a bit of joy out of the Jets beating the uh, the Titans this week. So I know they're a bit injury prone, but, um, you know, you've probably got the best running back in the league just about. Um, couldn't quite get it done for you. So, 
Um, obviously, you know, I think a, miss, a missed field goal at the end to tie the game and take it to overtime um, cost them as well. So, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think, look, we know Derek Henry is unreal and we'll just monster defenses and just wear them down and eventually just dominate. But they've got to find a, you know, it, it, you could probably compare the Titans to Geelong. Geelong have one game plan and one game plan only. And yep. uh, for all our AFL fans that aren't caught up with the NFL, but it uh, feels like the Titans are a bit like that. Like they're, they're wide receiver corps, you know, are very, very rarely seen. So, or, or produce high yep. numbers. So um, yeah, that's where I'm, I'm comparing them to at the moment. So, but, uh, but yeah, no, nah, d- look, if you're a Henry owner, you're, you're absolutely loving it. You don't care what everyone else on the team's doing. Cause as long as Henry's doing well, you'll be, you'll be uh, very, very happy. But um, yeah, hopefully for Henry's sake, when those guys do come back that he's, I guess, um, snap share doesn't drop too much. Yeah, and I reckon I reckon the Titans are missing Jono Smith quite a bit, Gracie. Like a really solid red zone target. We know what he did at the start of last season, but I reckon they're missing him in a few touchdowns. But let's move into the duds of the week. And I had to throw Delvin Cook in here as more as a frustrated owner and going back to Derek Henry. It's almost like he early days, of course, but he seems like he should have been the consensus number one pick given the injury to some of these guys. But Delvin Cook's not a guy you're going to bench if he's playing, but he only managed nine carries for 34 yards. But they've got a big matchup against the Lions this week. So I'm excited expecting a huge game from Delvin Cook, especially because I picked him in like what, number three in the draft and I'm pretty annoyed with it. Oh, I think, uh, you know, it's similar, I guess, to myself and Kamara where he had that week where he scored, I think, three points. So um, you're going to have those weeks where you start running back. Unfortunately, the game, whether it's the game flow or or whatnot, just doesn't um, doesn't get them in the game. But, you know, that's going to be probably they're probably going to do that twice for the year. And I think you'll be more than happy with the remaining 16 weeks uh, of the year, as long as they stay healthy. Yeah, that's the big thing for these guys. But a guy that I am a little bit worried about is Miles Sanders, Grace. He only had the seven carries for 13 yards. He had a few catches as well, but last week he only had two carries for the entire game. Kenneth Gainwell sort of vultured a touchdown there off him, but Hertz rushed eight times. I don't know what to make of this because Sanders went in as a big potential for a, um, you know, to sort of push that top 15, top 20 running back status, but so far, not so good. Yeah. I, I think, and like I've, I drafted him in our, in our league as my RB too. And, you know, he's a young, young running back still. I think he's, is he like 24 or something, 25 somewhere. Yeah. And he's still, still fairly young. And uh, I just don't know if they trust him yet to be the, the, the bull um, or the cowbell as, as they call it in NFL terms to, to dominate that running back um, spot. So I think until that happens, uh, you know, there is a few concerns for Miles Sanders uh, moving forward. So especially Jalen Hurts running the ball, I think he's the the number one running back at the moment, in my opinion. So um, I, I think, you know, I've got Hurts and Sam, I've got the whole Eagles offense at the, at the moment. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's little concerning, but, you know, just wait and see. Look, it's promising that he does have... Uh, does he's getting some catches as well. So um, Hertz is looking for him in the passing game as well. So that's saving him from an absolute disgraceful start to the season. But um, yeah. yeah, we know, look, it can be a game or two and they turn it around, but um, we know he's good. He's, he's amazing because he, he did it last year and um, in, in quite a few games. So I'm, uh, I'm keeping positive on Miles Sanders for the moment.
Yeah, possibly a buy low option. But even last year they brought Jordan Howard in, if you remember, just for, for whatever reason, just to steal some carries away from from Miles Sanders. So maybe watch this space or try and buy low if you can. And But another running back, a young running back I want to bring up, Gracie, DeAndre Swift had a very quiet game. Still got quite involved on the ground and in the air, but Jamal Williams seemed to get the favor in terms of touches. He had 13 carries, but... The Lions were just pretty bad against the Bears. I, I don't know if we can read too much into this one. And I mentioned earlier, the Vikings and the uh, Lions have got each other this week. That should be a more free-flowing game. Fingers crossed DeAndre Swift can get involved in the passing and the rushing game a little bit more. Yeah, it's um, it was pretty much the Khalil Mack show for the Bears on defense. He was stopping everything. So um, I think that that contributed massively to Swift uh, not not producing as high as we know he can. So, as you said, this week a bit more of an open game and um, I think we'll see him bounce back very nicely. Sitting in my flex in a few leagues, actually. I'm all in on Swift this season. But another guy we haven't actually brought up on the podcast yet, I don't think, Grace, he was Chris Carson. Interesting case, Chris Carson. He only had the 13 carries for 30 yards. It was a very weird game I've written down here. Russ only completed 13 passes, but Alex Collins... He's still in the league, apparently. He had 10 carries for 44 yards and a touchdown. I don't know. like Chris Carson, he's an interesting sort of specimen, isn't he? There's always been someone like Rashad Penny or someone sort of nipping at his heels to take away his carries. No real cause for concern, but a very strange game from the Seahawks. Oh, I just don't think you can trust anyone on the Seahawks offense at the moment. You know, we know what Russell Wilson can do, and obviously their, uh, their offensive uh, threats, you know, like a Tyler Lockett. We know what his start of the year has been, and um, and he's done it in previous seasons. But you know, they just go through these patches where you know they'll still win games because their offense is that talented that they've got that many options. But um, you know, your your superstar guys are just having these quiet weeks, and you get someone like an Alex Collins that pops up with those ten carries for forty four yards and a touchdown. It's <laughs> You know, it, it teases you into picking him up and, and put him on your on your on your bench. So, um, which we we all know that I don't think Alex Collins is going to get ten carries in a game for the rest of the year. But uh, uh, barring an injury, but um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I I think if you're a, a Seahawks fan, you, you're wondering what the hell's going on. To be yeah. honest. You'd be a bit confused, wouldn't you? It's been the case with um with you know Chris Carson. We know how good he is when he's fit, but there always seems to be like that second guy just sort of you know nips in here or there to steal a touchdown. But Alex Collins looked all right from what I saw from the highlights. So massive respect to Collins. But let's move on to the wide receivers, Gracie, and a guy we did mention at the top of the show, Tyreek Hill. Talk about a comeback game. He had eleven catches, one hundred eighty-six yards. Three touchdowns from 12 targets, so we caught all but one. And that was a statement game by the Chiefs, and particularly Tyreek Hill, who's been very quiet the last few weeks. Yeah, he obviously had the big week one, very, very quiet weeks two and three, and then uh, week four just unleashed and uh, and got free. So I think the, the big thing was is weeks two and three, the defense's double-teamed Tyreek Hill. They were giving up. You know the the Kelsey twenty meter or tw- not twenty twenty yard pass, um, mm. rather than the sixty yard touchdown for Tyreek Hill. So, I think weeks one and four, I think that's that's what's happened. We haven't seen the double team on Tyreek Hill downfield, and we know that's a very dangerous game to play, especially when you've got the the arm of Patrick Mahomes throwing it to Tyreek Hill. So. I think we'll find that the defenses will look to double team Tyreek Hill a lot more moving forward. Um, and and I think it showed, and we'll talk about obviously Kelsey um, in the net, in the tight ends, but Kelsey was extremely quiet um, mm. for the first time this year. And I think that was because 
the Eagles' uh, defense was putting more into those short passes. And, you know, you can't guard both. You can't guard the short and the long. Like, you'd, you just, you'd have to have, you know, I guess you'd say in Madden, you're 99 overall players in every position to be able to do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's just not going to happen, and you, and something's yeah. got to give somewhere. So, um, yeah, I'm leaning towards that. You know, Tyreek Hill is going to be as you've put in here a boom or a bust um, week to week moving forward. I think depending on yeah. what the defenses decide to do. It's in that it's, regard. It's tricky though, isn't it? Because you picked him probably the first or maybe second receiver off the board, so you're not benching him, but you, you're probably going to have to expect a few of those lower weeks, which is sort of the Tyreek Hill of old that we would that we would often see those few big games and a few quiet games, and of course the Kelsey sort of Hill balance is going to be interesting. You know, Kelsey had 100 yards in week two and three, and then was quiet week four, which we'll talk about shortly. But a guy I want to bring up, Gracie, I've got a lot of respect for is Scary Terry McLaurin. He's just an un- unbelievable talent, in my opinion. That win again. Atlanta. He had six catches, 123 yards, a pair of touchdowns, and 13 targets. But the one thing I wanted to mention here is I feel like he's moving into that category now where he's basically quarterback proof. He's got a really good connection with Heineke there. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick started the year last year. They had about three quarterbacks, I think, start last year, and he got the job done. But Scary Terry is really moving into that top 10 wide receiver category comfortably now. Yeah, if you were if you're a gay man, you would you would sell him high, very high, and try and go after a uh, if you really wanted to, a, a, a DeAndre Hopkins or a Cooper Cup, if you really wanted to, but uh, yeah, it's whether you don't want to, whether or not you want to give up that thirteen target um, type player. Who you know? Imagine if he caught eight of those or nine of those thirteen instead of six. Like, could have been another touchdown, another 30, 40 yards. Like that would have been an unbelievable game. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm holding him for now, but he's definitely one that you could look to sell very high and, and get yourself some good value out of it. Yeah, well, if you're in a league with me, sell him to me because I'll give you whatever you want because I'm a huge fan of Scary Terry and a couple other wide receivers here, Gracie, that I'm going to run through that I feel like need a bit more love. Debo Samuel is another one. He's been great this year. He's been absolutely brilliant. He's been the spark of the 49ers offense. He had 12 targets himself, eight catches, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. And interesting, they were both from passes of Lance, who came in when Jimmy G was injured. So it's an interesting situation. See what happens with that quarterback at the 49ers. But Debo Samuels went way too late in draft for mine, and he's really reaping the rewards. Yeah, I've, I've had him the past couple of years, Debo Samuel, just on my bench, and I think he's really gone that next level so far this year. But I think we've just got to be careful of what happens when the running backs are all fit and back as well, Fitzy, because we know the running backs do uh, do take a lot of the offensive snaps, um, especially, you know, they do take some passing game snaps. So, um, you know, at the moment, ride Debo for as long as you can until some of these running backs do, do come back um, halfway through the year as they're scheduled to. So, um, but yeah, definitely a... If you've got him, definitely playing, especially over an Allen Robinson or someone like that at the moment. You're definitely starting him over, over Allen Robinson, which you would yep. not have said at the start of the year. No, no, it's fascinating. And, and the fourth guy I want to mention here, and one thing I, I want to also call out is the four guys that we're talking about in the stud category here have all had either 12 or 13 targets this week. So it's all about usage, isn't it, and, and, and getting that opportunity to make big plays. But DJ Moore... I feel like he's probably the most underrated wide receiver in fantasy. And he was a bit the same last year. He was consistent all year. He had eight catches for 113 yards and a couple of touchdowns. And that link with Sam Dunnell is just looking amazing, as we mentioned earlier. I feel like Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs last year, they're just getting it done. But he's matchup proof. He's pushing that WR1 category now. And I feel like he can keep it up all season. 
Yeah, I tend to agree with you. You know, definitely a very underrated, you know, not someone that I'd have as my wide receiver one or two, especially at the start of the year. But he's, uh, he's as you said, the the chemistry similar to like an Allen and Diggs scenario from last year. Looks like it's happening there at, uh, at Carolina. So very exciting times for, for Panthers. Yeah, I love it. And it's good to see a young wide receiver get some recognition as well. But all those guys we mentioned, Scary Terry, Debo, and DJ, these are your top three most underrated wide receivers in fantasy right now, in my opinion. But let's get on to some duds of the week, Gracie. We'll roll through these. And the first one being C.D. Lamb had a very quiet game, only the two catches off five targets for 13 yards, which is not much at all there. It's a far cry from his week one performance. So maybe we need to start tempering expectations on C.D. Lamb. And his sort of usage in the next few weeks could depend on what happens with Cooper, who currently has hamstring and rib injuries, apparently. So he's all sorts of banged up. Yeah, I think it's, it's been a similar case for the, the Cowboys wide receivers is, you know, what, who do you start each week? It's, it's very hard. And, you know, we saw Dalton Schultz, obviously, Got a couple of touchdowns this week, you know, um, that, that took away from CD Lamb and, and Cooper. Um, but then you've also got Zeke as well. Like Zeke's going to command a fair chunk of this offense still as well. So we know what a beast he is. And, you know, Dak's confident in, in running the ball a little bit as well still. So, yeah, it's very hard to pick which wide receiver to start at Dallas at the moment. I think it's matchup. I think you've really got to look hard at the matchup and who who's going to be playing on them and covering them in that offense uh, on, on defense. So, yeah, it's definitely matchup relevant for me, any of those Cowboys wide receivers at the moment. Yeah, it's really tough because we had him in our stud list after that week one performance and he looked amazing, but been very quiet the last couple of weeks. And another guy who's got a bit the same actually is Tyler Lockett. He had two huge games in week one and two was very quiet again on the weekend. As I mentioned, that Seahawks game was very bizarre, but he had the four catches off five targets for only 24 yards. Although Russ only completed 13 passes, I wanted to make a note of in here. I think DK caught about five or six of those. So just a, an interesting game for Tyler Lockett. He's, he's sort of ready to bust through that ceiling, I would have thought, into elite fantasy status. But the usage just isn't quite there yet. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think I called it after the first couple of weeks that he's been all bust fits. He did this last year. Tyler Lockett had a couple of monster games to start the year and then uh, went quiet for, for a few weeks. So I think, um, yeah, it's, it's dependent on obviously Russ throwing more than or completing more than 13 passes. But, uh, yeah, it's look, he's got the talent. We know he does and we know what he can do, but you just got to be, you know, ready to put up with those low weeks um, uh, in re- in regards to, I guess, targets and, and shares. So definitely a one, you, you're not going to bench him. Let's put it that way. So Yep, yep, yep. He's definitely a solid play most weeks, but uh, we know that his big games are huge as well, so he has the potential to go over 200 yards quite easily. But another guy, we've already touched on the 49ers offense here, Gracie, Brandon Ayuk. He's been an interesting discussion topic all season. He had he found the touch, uh, sorry, he found the end zone last week, but this week only had one catch for 15 yards off the three targets. I think this is a guy that you're just going to have to cut ties with at this point. There's going to be people on the waiver wire like a Corey Davis or anyone like that that can fill in a role. It's a couple of we'll talk about shortly, but I think it's about time we cut ties. Oh, I tend to agree. You know, he he was a what, healthy scratch in week one, I think, or or week two, I think it was. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just not feeling uh, any of Brandon Ayuk at the moment. So, which is disappointing because he's got talent, but it's just we're just not seeing it at the moment. 
such a shame. And even George Kittle's barely getting it done. We'll talk about the uh, the tight ends in a sec. But one guy we're going to throw a bit of crap at is Alan Robertson, Gracie. I want to throw him in here just to try and fire him up. He caught all three of his targets for 63 yards. It's it's such a tough one because we know he's got the talent, as I said earlier, but he at the moment is being outplayed and outsnapped by Darnell Mooney, which is a huge concern for Alan Robertson. I, I just I hope Andy Dalton's back soon because we need a big game from Alan Robertson. But his big problem, though, is he's a usage guy. Like He usually goes you know, 10 so targets a game. You'll get his five or six catches. He's never going to have, say, 10 catches and three touchdowns in a game. But we just need some consistency from a guy who we all probably picked as a WR2 at max, but he's just not getting it done right now. Oh, 100%. And it's it's hard to see because I picked him as my wide receiver too. And I actually benched him this week, as I said earlier, for Deontay Johnson. And and look, I'll probably continue to bench him until, you know, we do see Andy Dalton back just because I, I just don't see, like, feel, you would think a rookie quarterback would be finding his go-to guy, his number one man. But mm-hmm. uh, just don't know what's happening in that offense at the moment as to why yep. that's not happening. So, I think um, if you've got someone that you can put on for Robertson, um, definitely definitely hold on to him because I, I think a big game is not far away. Like a 200-plus yard, maybe a couple of touchdown game isn't very, very far away, I, to be honest. I hope so. But the three guys I was huge on were Alan Robinson, Robert Woods, and Calvin Ridley. And guess how that's gone so far? Not good. I mean, Robert uh, Robert Woods caught a touchdown pass like in the like last few seconds of the game on the weekend, but it's not going too well for my teams. But, hey, let's keep moving through to some tight ends, Gracie. And this is where it gets interesting for the week. Got a few studs here and a few almost no-namers. And the first one, the tight end of the week, CJ Uzuma. For the Bengals, who was he was fantasy fantasy relevant? I want to say about three or four seasons ago, he had he had one really good year, just completely out of nowhere. But he had five catches for ninety five yards and two touchdowns. I mean, I'm not getting too excited about this one, but I think it just goes to show that the tight end position is pretty much touchdown or bust at the moment. Yeah, I think apart from, I mean, I know Kelsey had a quiet week this week, but as I said, the I think the defense stopped those short passes um, for the Eagles, which stopped in the end Travis Kelsey. But uh, apart from Kelsey, I think it's all matchup dependent, touchdown dependent. I think for for Uzuma, um, Jamar Chase was relatively quiet. I think he only went for sort of 60, 70 yards. Didn't really get targeted too much in the end zone himself. So um, I, was, I was actually funny if it's, I was, Looking at the frog, because this was obviously on Friday, this game, I uh, I thought about, look, I really want to make this game relevant because it was quite an ordinary game to have on a Friday, I thought. But um, I thought, why don't I just put Uzuma in for Kyle Pitts? And, well, in the end, I probably should have, shouldn't I? So I still won. I didn't lose, but... Uh, it would have made it would have made a good uh, story for the for the podcast tonight. Oh, but, uh, absolutely! Uh, it's uh, it's 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 as you said, touchdown dependent for any of the guys we're about to discuss and um, yeah, moving forward. Yeah, that's right. It's 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 a bit of a shame because the tight end positions kind of had a rejuvenation the last few seasons where we've seen Kelsey, George Kittle, these sorts of guys really come through and be solid week to week plays. Whereas you've sort of rewinded. We've spoken about it already on the show four or five years ago. It was really just touchdown dependent for every tight end, which is really frustrating. I feel. But a couple of names here, I just want to throw around, Gracie. One being Noah Fant. He found the end zone for the uh, I think the second time this season after we put the moles on him the other week. But keep an eye on what happens with Teddy Bridgewater if he misses some time. Not sure if Drew Locke's quite a good replacement, although he did find him, I reckon, last season for a couple of touchdowns. Noah Fan had a good run in there somewhere, but I can't remember who was the starting QB with Denver. But these two guys I want to get your thoughts on very quickly. Dawson Knox and Dalton Schultz. All right, we spoke about Schultz last week. He had the big two-touchdown game last week. He found the end zone again this week. 
But Dawson Knox, I reckon he's forming a little role in that offense. And we did talk about him very briefly on last week's show, but I actually feel like he's worth rostering, especially if you've got one of these guys that we'll talk about shortly who maybe we need a bench for a few weeks to let them get some form up. But I think it might be time to go to the waiver wire and try and find a, uh, a handy fill-in tight end, especially with the buyers coming up. But I feel like Dawson Knox could be of some value now. Yeah, it's fr- it's actually frustrating being a Stefan Diggs owner at the moment, Fitzy, because Dawson Knox is taking away all the touchdowns for from Stefan Diggs. So um, it's very, very, very frustrating. And um, yeah, I, I hope it ends soon because you know, in a forty nil win, you would think Diggs would at least have one or two touchdowns. We had none, so um, he still went for quite substantial yardage, but. Uh, yeah, you're definitely right. I think Dawson Knox is a definitely a, creating a, a very good chemistry with Josh Allen there and um, definitely worth having there on your bench and, you know, maybe play him during the bye week or against, you know, uh, when they're against these lower-ranked teams, especially the defensive side of things. Definitely mm. look at, uh, at streaming them um, for that week. Yeah, I rate him really highly. And Emmanuel Sanders has probably taken a few uh, sort of deep field targets off Diggs as well, but he's obviously a whole firm. But Dalton Schultz is another one. I reckon a couple of these guys, I'd almost pick them up and just sort of see what happens because I feel like there's a bit of, I don't know, a bit of uncertainty with the tight end position. So it doesn't hurt to roster a couple and just sort of see where this goes. But we need to talk about our quote-unquote stud tight ends of the week because most of them sucked. And I'm going to throw some names at you here, Gracie. All of them scored under seven standard points. Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, and Robert Tonyan. All scored under seven. So it's just going back to the theory, and we have brought it up quite a bit already, that it's touchdown or bust, almost guaranteed for the tight end position, other than possibly Kelsey has had a couple of big games this season. Yeah, well, Kelsey's always going to get that yardage, as I've already mentioned, those 20-yard passes. You know, he gets sort of five or six of them a game, and all of a sudden he's around that 100-yard mark and gets you the 10 points, So, which, you know, for a tight end is great like you anything over i think a seven or an eight for your tight end is is unreal especially with the the quality that's there at the moment so yeah i think apart from if you've got kelsey you're you're happy i think as we know he went quite early in majority of leagues this year and um yeah i think any of these other guys it's as you said it's, it's touchdown or or bust you know myself i got pits and he's had some uh he's had some good target shares and some good yardage but still looking for that uh that first touchdown of his career um, hopefully will come sooner rather than later. Fingers crossed for fantasy owners. But I think out of those guys I've named, Robert Tonyan's probably the only one you're giving up on essentially at this stage, especially when you can pick up a, uh, say, a Dawson Knox, as we said, Schultz, maybe even Noah Fant might be sitting on your wave wire. Otherwise, we're just going to hold firm with all these other guys, aren't we, for the time being? Yeah, 100%. I think um, I think you've got to hold firm on your tight ends. I think the guys that you've picked, especially if you went, you know, not early, but especially if you've picked up one of those top, I guess, echelon tight ends like your Kelsey's and your Kittles and, um, you know, you might've gone Andrews or Hawkinson or Pitts. I think you just hold on to them because, you know, we've still got 14 weeks left in the season. So they're definitely going to produce better games than what they have so far. Yep. Yep. I'm in a, uh, in a league with a guy that we did an auction draft and he spent about three quarters of his budget on Kelsey and Kittle for his tight end and flex. And I think he's pulling his hair out a little bit on the George <laughs> Kittle purchase at this point. But of course, you know, the talents there, which is half the problem, but let's move into the DST, the defensive special team streamers, which I love to talk about. 
full disclosure, all the picks I had last year were terrible. Last week were terrible. The Titans, the Bengals, and the Saints all suck. So we're going to have another go this week, Gracie, and see what we can come up with. But firstly, it's the Cowboys. They're owned in 23% of ESPN leagues. Got the Giants this week and then the Patriots next week. They could potentially be an option to play for the next couple. The Cardinals, we've spoken about once or twice. They've probably been picked up and dropped in your league, I would suggest. They're owned in 37% of ESPN leagues right now. They're coming up against Trey Lance and the 49ers, potentially, depending on Jimmy G's fitness. So we'll see what happens there. There. And the Baltimore Ravens, now this is an interesting one because they're owned in 73% of leagues, but there's a very good chance or there's a chance that a frustrated owner's dropped them. Uh, I think I might have drafted them in a couple leagues and dropped them. They play the Colts this week, and I don't mind that as a play because their defense has sort of been bubbling away, ready for a big week. But I think they're more, probably this is the week you're going to play them, if at all. Yeah, I agree. And um, yeah, I, I, I last week didn't fall into the trap, Fitzy. I, I think the only guys or the top one on the, the list was the Dolphins defense and I had them in until Friday and then I'm like, no, nah, I'm taking them out. So I actually did a bit of research myself and I ended up going with the Bears defense. So um, they scored me a healthy nine points. I did have the Ravens on the bench who scored 12. So mm-hmm. as you said, um, this week I'm going to be uh, streaming the Ravens defense against the Colts. Um, I think that's a that's probably the top play for me uh, this yeah. week. I, I don't think you're going to be, um, you know, Patriots is another one. You could look to stream as well. They've been unreal on it. Like they scored zero against Tampa Bay um, in, the, in this last week, but you know their defense is is one of the best in the in the comp, comp at the moment. And you know they did quite well to contain Brady and the Buccaneers, so um, they're definitely one to to keep an eye on as well. But I don't mind the Cardinals against Trey Lance and the 49ers either. So um, yeah, it'd be a very high. Uh, sack game or a couple of interceptions at least as well. Yeah, I don't mind it. I'm going to stick with the Saints in, in, in our league and I think we've got the Broncos in another one. So the Ravens are that interesting one though because they sort of the first couple of weeks they were fairly quiet. So if they've been dropped, pick them up and start playing them now because I feel like they're going to run into some form. But to finish up here, Gracie, before we get on to your bowl call of the week, which I always look forward to, let's talk about a few free agent pickups here. And the first one off the list may be available, available in your league. He may not be. He's owned in 69% of ESPN leagues. Is James Connor, and now he came out of nowhere just about to find the end zone twice in that game on the weekend. Of course, Chase Edmonds is, quote-unquote, the starting running back, but the Cardinals' offense is hot right now, Gracie. I think you just need to get a piece of it, and James Connor might be sitting on your waiver wire at the moment and very, very much worth a flex play almost week to week. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think if he's there, if he's available, you've got to pick him up now. I think he's going to get that goal line work, and they're just gonna, they'll run him into the ground like until he gets mm. injured. Um, you know, as you said, they got Edmonds there as their sort of probably number one guy. But yeah, if Connor's going to get you one or two touchdowns a game, you're going to take it, aren't you? So, um, yep. yeah, definitely. If he's still available, I think he's the out of these guys we're going to talk about. I think he's your number one at the moment. I agree, and I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him take over that starting role and become a more of a bell cow. Uh, cowbell back we have seen him do that obviously in pittsburgh as well but chase edmonds generally hasn't been a, a sort of a three down back he comes in on the third down for the you know for the pass catching so wouldn't be surprised to see james connor take over that backfield at some point but we have already spoken about damian williams and he's the backup for david montgomery apparently he did get a thigh bruise on the weekend though but he's the obvious feeling as i mentioned earlier he did get the job done in kansas city there a couple of years ago so i feel like if connor's gone off your waiver wire Damien Williams, is he worth the number one waiver wire pick, Gracie, if you've been saving that? I think uh, if you've got David Montgomery, then yes, because um, I think Montgomery could be out for some time. But, uh, yeah, I think I think you'll have a few that will go after him, uh, to be honest. You know, if he's 
he's going to be the number one guy there. I think, um, I think, you know, there's going to be a few guys that will go after Damian Williams and, you know, don't, don't blame you really. Like he's, he's mm. going to be the, he's going to command those probably 15 touches a game and, and be a workhorse. And um, yeah, I, you know, if, if I had a higher waiver wire, uh, if I was higher on the waiver wire list, I'd probably be going after him myself, but I'm currently seeing ninth. So it's not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm tempted. I'm just not sure yet. Might wait and see what uh, the extent of Montgomery's injury is. But the guy that you could probably get as a free agent, I feel, Gracie, is Kenneth Gainwell. We spoke about him, I reckon, in week one. He's only earning 25% of ESPN leagues. But I feel like he's more of a why not pick him up and just wait and see, especially if you're struggling for some wins. He's a guy that's involved in the passing game. We saw him get a touchdown on the weekend. We know Miles Sanders is a bit up and down, but I reckon Kenneth Gainwell should be owned in a lot more leagues, especially if you're struggling at the moment. You need that kind of spark. Potentially, that could you know, come in and be a flex play, particularly through the bye weeks. I feel like he needs to be only more leagues right now. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think he's he's going to be very touchdown dependent though as, as well. So um, I think between him and Sanders, I think as we already discussed, I think it's, you know, touchdown dependent for either of those guys at the moment until one of them, you know, gets that uh, that lead back uh, spot with, with the most touches. But, you know, we're not seeing either of them come out and get 10 to 15, 20 touches. And that's, that's the problem. And I think until we see that you've, you've got to really just pick your luck, I think with either of them at the moment. So, yeah, yeah. I'm almost leaning towards game. Well, if he's getting those touches in the red zone, as well as getting involved in the passing game, I think because obviously Jalen Hurts is going to carry the ball quite a bit. So I feel like he's almost just a, you know, drop Brandon. You can just see what happens because he could easily take over that backfield. But one guy, I think we've already mentioned him in the show here, Gracie, Josh Gordon. I have to throw him in there. He's owned in uh, 19% of leagues. Another guy, why the heck not throw him on your bench? Apparently he's in really good shape. He's playing on the high intensity offense of the Kansas City Chiefs. We know what he did. It was nine years ago in 2013. I'll have a long ago that was now when he set those receiving records but I feel like he's just a just put him on the bench and just sort of see what happens if you're a sort of a more long-term fantasy uh, aficionado I guess you would know what he can do he didn't get it done in uh, in New England he didn't get it done when he went to Seattle either but you know why not see what happens well I mean if he's going to do it in any offense isn't it it's it's going to be the Chiefs Mm -hmm. I may have said last week that he has had good quarterbacks in the past, but I think for a guy like Josh Gordon, who who specializes in those, I guess, long downfield threat passes, I think Mahomes is the guy that you want uh, you want thrown to you in that situation. So I think uh, you know he'll only flourish, but uh, you know it's going to be hard on target share with Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. I think you know those two guys are going to command the the offense um, just as much, if not more. So. Yep. Um, definitely worth. It. I wouldn't be waiver wiring using a waiver wire spot if he's if you can pick him up as a as a free agent ad. Then definitely add him um, and and stash him on your bench until he you know gets into that offense and and gets up and going. Yeah, and he's one that if he has one good game, his name carries so much weight that you could flick him across to maybe a, a Kelvin Ridley, package him up and get someone like that who has had a very quiet start to the season. But on a holistic sort of point, I suppose, it is just good to see Josh Gordon back in the NFL. We know the talent that he is. We know the troubles that he's had over the over the journey. So it is good to see him back on an NFL team, and we do wish him all the best. But a couple more guys here, Grace. I'll read them out together. Jamison Crowder and Van Jefferson. Now, Jamison Crowder... 
traditionally he's been a very solid pick, particularly in PPR leagues. He gets a lot of catches in that Jets offense. And I would argue that he's actually the most talented offensive player in that team. I know Corey Davis is there now, but there's a couple of uh, decent threats for Zach Wilson if he doesn't throw too many picks. I feel like he could be worth a free agent pickup, probably not a wave wire pick, but uh, Van Jefferson is the other one. He's kind of like that fourth wide receiver for the Rams, but there's plenty of love going around in LA right now. He's probably worth rostering. He's only owned in 5% of leagues. Probably one that you could just wait and see what happens, an injury to Deshaun Jackson, or if Robert Woods keeps playing the way he is, or Cooper Cup gets injured again, all of a sudden Van Jefferson could really move into like a top 30 or top 40 wide receiver. But those two guys, I think, interest me quite a bit this week, especially if you're looking to cut ties with someone who's really struggled through the first four weeks of the season. Yeah, I tend to agree. I'd be I'd be looking to to pick one of them up and if they're not already rostered in your in your league. But it is a bit surprising to see Van Jefferson. He's only in five percent of leagues. Um uh, or on five percent of rosters, so yeah, it's definitely one to, to keep an eye on, especially uh, moving forward. I think I think wide receiver of these, especially these guys, it's definitely mat- you know look at your matchups and who they're playing and and the defenses and and who's going to be covering them. So, um, but no, definitely definitely worthy of a of a on your watch list and definitely worthy of a free agent pickup for sure. Yeah, I love it, Grace. I love it. So we'll wrap up the free agent picks for the week. And just to finish up the show, we have to get a Gracie's bold call. And these have been some good ones, and I'm really looking forward to what it is this week. Well, I, I almost called it last week. I didn't I say the Patriots defense would uh would control Brady. Yeah. Uh, you know, they yeah. didn't didn't pass for a touchdown. So um yeah, it's I was close, but uh no, I'm I'm oh it's it's, it's a real tough one this way. I, th- I actually think I'm gonna Going to go with Alvin Kamara here, Fitzy, and I'm praying to God it happens. But I reckon we might see a a, a 30 plus point Alvin Kamara fantasy game wow. this week. Um, you know, he had the 26 touches last week. wasn't involved in the passing game, which is a little little concerning because you know, especially in PPR leagues, their um, fantasy owners are used to him catching you know 60 to 80 passes for the year. So um, yeah, definitely uh, one to keep an eye on. But I, I think you know, you might see a couple of rushing touchdowns and a might even receive see a receiving touchdown in there and, and get close to that 30 points. Yeah, I don't mind that, actually. He's definitely overdue for a big game, but you're seeing his usage this year. Obviously, Drew Brees not there. What, he had 26 carries on the weekend, didn't he, or something like that. Had a fairly yeah. solid fantasy game, but not an Elvin Kamara game, if that makes sense. Usually, he's catching passes, as you said, and getting it done. But was it the last game of last season? He had six touchdowns in that one game. I mean, that could yeah. be... Yep. Maybe not far away. Had a few rushing touchdowns in that game. But, uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see if this is the week for Kamara. I hope so. I think we play each other this week, Fitzy. So oh, I hope we? my oh. that it happens. Well, I hope <laughs> it doesn't. But uh, thanks for, again, Grace. This has been another very insightful episode the Fantasy Football Fanatics. We're here all year running you through your NFL fantasy tips. But, Gracie, it's a, it's a, it's a huge uh, sort of period for Grey Wolf Entertainment at the moment. Of course, we've just wrapped up Grey Wolf footy for the season. AFL's finished. We now switch to NFL. We've got Talking Hoops. The second episode is up at the moment where we debated the GOAT, which is LeBron James versus MJ. And just in one sentence, Who's your goat? Uh, MJ. Yeah, good man. Don't go into uh, any details about LeBron James. That was a really insightful chat. Of course, We're Old Now is up at the moment. The boys, Nims and Nettie are back for maximum impact. Another episode of that has dropped. We're getting pretty busy, aren't we, dude? Very, very, so much going on. You know, it's good to see. Uh, obviously, you've got young man Traith on board as well. Fitzy, a new new member. So it's good to see him with his uh, his history of NBA back to 2016. I thought that was quite funny. So it's uh, it's good how you got you boys keep him uh, 
keep him under wraps there with that. But, uh, you know, and obviously, you know, we, we, we'll probably have a, a pack chat around the corner very, very soon, no doubt as well. So um, it's, yeah, all, all, all steam ahead, I suppose, for, for oh. Grey Wolf. And, you know, as you said, the, the footy's wrapped up, but it's not quite wrapped up. We're obviously in the works of uh, of a refresh with the old footy as well. So that'll be hitting your uh, your screens and speakers very soon. <laughs> Anytime we get to see your beautiful face lit up like that, I think is worthwhile. But thanks again, <laughs> Gracie. We'll be back next week. Good luck with your matchups. And don't forget, if you do have any questions or anything, drop them as a comment on the Facebook page or tweet us and we'll get back to you. But uh, we might have to add like a follower question section maybe once we get a few in the bag, Gracie. But thanks again. Good luck for your matchups and we'll see you next week.